Hi, I'm Gerds Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Get Inspired with Girls podcast. I'm your host and today I have a beautiful guest who is an absolute special soul who's helping people to live with more happiness, fulfillment and success. Nick Pigeon is a positive psychologist, global success coach and Hay House author who helps people to achieve more personal power in their life. She has helped thousands of women through her personal coaching programs and her online Now Is Your Chance community. And she believes that we can all achieve unstoppable positive success. Nick, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, bless you. Like, Nick, I really am just inspired by your story. And I, I know my listeners will definitely want to hear it. So could you tell them what your life was like before you became a global success coach? Of course, yes. Yeah. So I'm originally from Newcastle, as you can probably tell by the accent. <laughs> and I had a very, I would say like a very normal upbringing, had a happy childhood. But when I got to high school at the age of 11 or 12, I actually got bullied really, really badly to the point that I attempted suicide. So for me, looking back on that as as an adult now, looking back on a child that age, feeling that bad and that fearful to to see that that's the only option, it doesn't even seem like me looking back on it. So my parents at that time had taken me out of school and we were looking for a new school for me to go to, but it was the middle of the year and we couldn't get in. So my mum and dad ended up actually remortgaging their house for me to go to private school. And that is something that I know, isn't that amazing of them? So they they weren't really poor, but at the same time, they didn't have money. And dad worked really hard. He had a good job, but we didn't have, we we weren't privately educated. So they really put their faith into me at that young age. And they they were like, you can do whatever you want to do, Nick. We believe in you. So this is what we're going to do for you. And that really, my dad said it was the best and the worst thing that he ever did for me because it was the the worst because I was at the bottom of this pile of people that were, their parents were business owners, their parents were lords and ladies and sirs, Um, their parents were like professional sports people. And then I was at the bottom of the pile. So I constantly felt like I was one step behind everyone. But he said that it's the best thing that he's ever done for me because I made the most of the opportunity. And it I think it helped me see what's possible. It helped me see that through hard work and dedication to a mission and doing what you love, you can actually create whatever you want in this world. Absolutely. Wow. So what happened next? So that was my teenage years. I, I ended up loving school. I was I was always the geek that asked for extra homework at school. <laughs> so <laughs> so I've always loved learning. Like I love, I'm so curious about things, always asking questions, which is probably highly annoying to most people. But I just always had that inquisitive nature. And through school, really, really loved it. But when I was kind of 
late teens, early 20s, I found myself like finding validation through what I did rather than who I was. Mm. So I'd signed up for a degree in mechanical and automotive engineering and I'd ended up, yeah, it's when you look back, isn't it strange when you look back and you see just how much of a different path you could have gone on? Oh, absolutely, Nick. I I used to be a journalist. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. Awesome. I left left that world um, a few years ago. So yeah, absolutely. Totally understand where you're coming from. Wow. It's crazy. And it's it's really um, powerful to reflect on those things as well, just to see how how on purpose you actually ended up being. Because I know that if I was an engineer right now, there's no way that I would be happy. Mm. And the reason that I changed my career path at that early age was because I'd gone to live in Australia for six months with my partner. And he was a professional cricket player at the time. And he'd gone to see a sports psychologist and come back from the session and said, Nick, I've had this amazing session. We did a visualization where I was out on the cricket pitch going into bat. And I was told not to look for the the fielders and not to look at the fielders that are around me, but to actually look for the gaps in between the fielders instead. Hmm. And I took that as a, a metaphor that we can actually apply to our own lives don't look for the obstacles, look for the opportunities instead. Mm. So isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. I, like As you were saying, I, I was kind of seeing it in my head like, yeah, it's almost like a transformation in its own way. Yeah. So in that moment, I made a choice to make a change. And I decided that this was so intriguing and interesting for me that I actually wanted to look at how I could pursue it as a career. So I cancelled my mechanical and automotive engineering scholarships and I decided that I was going to study instead psychology with sports sciences. And then from there, I went into positive psychology. So I trained as a teacher and a lecturer and then I did my master's in post-psych. And post-psych is quite different from psychology as usual because psych as usual kind of focuses on what the problem is, like what's gone wrong, where that's come from, and spends a lot of time focusing on the negative. Positive Mm -hmm. psychology is the science of human strength and virtue, and it looks at how individuals, businesses, and communities can really thrive. So I found this home, this place that I felt so aligned with, and that became the new path that I was was moving forwards on. Wow. And so, you know, you got involved in all this kind of like psychology reading behind it what was your personal life like behind the scenes I had a relationship that I've been in for a lot of years we were in the relationship for close to 10 years um with some breaks in between and it was that relationship was one of my greatest teachers and I always feel that the relationships that we have are our greatest teachers because they allow us they really hold the mirror up to the parts of us that we choose to ignore when we're on our own. So I was with him from 17 to 27, Mm. which, as you can imagine, like you grow so much during that time and you change so much. Mm. And it was a very turbulent relationship. It wasn't something that was serving either of our highest goods. And it ended very um, abruptly. Mm. And during that time, I, when we'd we'd parted ways for maybe a year or two years in the middle, 
and I had been studying my master's degree at this time and I'd actually decided to take a job across in Holland because the investment for the master's degree was more than $10,000, 10,000 pounds, sorry. God, I work in dollars now that I live in America. <laughs> <laughs> so I forget that we um, that uh, we actually, it was pounds. So yeah, so it was 10,000 pounds and I couldn't afford to pay for it. So I had the opportunity to go and work for one of my friend's dads across in Amsterdam. So I went across there and I was flying back to England um, every month to study for the Masters in Positive Psychology in London and then flying back to Holland. And during this time, one of our mutual friends, one of my ex-partner and I's mutual friends had actually passed away. Now, up to this point, I've actually had seven friends that have died. Two have taken their own lives and four have died in complete freak accidents. And at this point, I think we'd had like one other friend that had passed away and I knew that it was like a real challenge to to deal with it. Mm. So my ex-partner and I got close again and we ended up rekindling our relationship based on that kind of negative experience that had happened, but Mm. also based on something that had happened to me that was incredibly traumatic. Mm. So I was on holiday. I'd flown from Amsterdam to Spain for a weekend with my friends and I was on the way back to the airport to get my flight back to Holland and I was actually locked in a taxi with two guys and raped now as yeah and like again like looking back on that now like I feel the strongest and happiest that I've ever felt right now in this moment yeah and looking back on that experience and that person it seems like it's like watching a horror movie. It doesn't mm. seem like it was me. Um, and I think that the human spirit has got so much strength in adversity to really grow through that. But at that time, I had a huge break in my self-confidence, in my subconscious, not even in my mm. conscious, because in my conscious, I was experiencing something called rape trauma syndrome. And that is a type of PTSD where the first phase is you actually completely repress the experience. So you ignore it and you go on like nothing has ever happened. Mm. So I'd got back into this turbulent relationship with um, the intention of getting married, setting up a business together, all of these things. And then things started to come crashing down, both within the relationship but also within myself. I started to have hallucinations and flashbacks to what had actually happened Mm -hmm. back in Spain. And I was forced to do something about it. Mm. It was literally like the the universe was saying, wake up, Nick, this is your time to to face this, to deal with it. And it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, I didn't know how I was going to get through it. I remember going to my counsellor at Rape Crisis and saying to her, please just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do to feel better. And she would always say, this counselling is a person-centred approach. We focus on you and you finding your own way through. Mm. And I was, I would cry on my way to mm. the session. I would cry on my way home from the session. And I would have to lie to my assistant because I hadn't told, I told my partner and I told um, one of my mentors, my spiritual mentors at this point, but I hadn't told any of my friends. So I said to my assistant, I'm going to go for a meeting in the city 
And she said, oh, what's the meeting for? And you know when you, oh. like, because I can't lie, like, I'm a total open book. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I haven't thought this far ahead. What is the meeting for? And I panicked. And it was in that moment that I realized that I had to really work on this to create the breakthrough so that this becomes, yes, it's always going to be part of me, but it's not going to be something that limits me. Mm. It's not going to be something that I'm scared to share. And it was a huge, huge journey to come to the point where I'm even able to to speak about it wow. within this conversation with you today. Wow. You're such an amazing soul. And the fact that you can share that with people today, I'm just truly like inspired and do you know what I like my hands are up here like you're amazing like to the fact that you got through it and the fact that you know you can now share it is so powerful and there is something I wanted to say that I, I don't know if you've noticed this my dear like there's something about northern women like you know guys I'm actually a northerner as well <laughs> we tend to like <laughs> just carry on like nothing has happened and it takes mm. like a massive transformation for us to kind of wake up and say like it's okay to express those emotions and release those emotions. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that before. Like it's some kind Yeah, of- I totally, totally feel that. And it's um it's it's almost like the the sense of grit and resilience to just pull your socks up and get on with things again. Yeah. And that is fantastic as a coping mechanism to a certain extent, but not when it's something that is like hugely traumatic. Yeah. Like I fully believe that we shouldn't be stuck in a story and be in victim mode and be complaining and blaming all of the time. And there is a certain value mm. in being able to get on with things. But when it's something that has deep emotion attached to it, naturally that emotion is going to come back up again yeah and you're going to have to deal with it so it's only a matter of time these things whether it's a relationship breakthrough breakdown or a health issue or the loss of a friend or a family member it's got to be dealt with and on the other side of that scary process of dealing with it is the life and the self that you've always imagined absolutely and I think like even with myself like Nick like I I went through a lot of like series of like health problems like to the point where I was working in Canada and my left arm stopped working and I had to regenerate my own arm and every time wow. I was like learning like that you know like you like yourself like we go through like these deep traumatic experiences but we need to actually deal with the situation and not just brush it off that's what I found mm. that most of my life I used to just act like yeah everything's okay GERDs is fine but inside it was like utter like turmoil and like when I did go through and do the inner work that's when I kind of set myself free and what I found as well I don't know if you found this as well that when you don't talk about it or you keep it hidden it manifests somewhere in your body and it's like your body kind of makes you kind of wake up and say like hello sort this out (laughs) oh my goodness that's just given me total chills when you said that because that was my experience as well Mm. and what I found was, especially doing the work that I do, because I'm a positive psychologist, yeah. at the time I was running motivational events, okay. and I was literally this positive psychologist that wasn't feeling positive, mm. so I felt like a fraud, because what I was putting out on the outside was so far apart from the way that I felt on the inside, mm. and there's only a certain amount of time that you can put on that pretense yeah. and it's it's hard it's so hard to show up and be something that you don't feel like you are mm. and put on a smile and really try and like be that person for everyone else it's really really challenging um and I actually the, the way that I 
where I see my awakening came from, if you if you would, is I cut my eye open with a contact lens. <gasps> Ouch. And I <laughs> I got a flesh eating bug in my eye oh. that can eat through your cornea within a week and make you go completely blind. <gasps> so it was wow. a really scary time, but looking back, that was the incident that allowed me to actually really see. So mm. I was on treatment for that for 10 months to get that out of my eye. And at that same time, my dad had a triple heart bypass and heart valve replacement. I was struggling with adrenal fatigue and I put on around about two stone in weight. I was completely in this place of being so scared and it was actually when I contracted a really bad chest infection that I had that flashback when I was walking into my bathroom and that was when it all started to unravel. Mm-hmm. So it was like the universe was putting a pause mm-hmm. on my life by completely sidelining me with my health and saying, you are not going to be in this, be in your business and be pushing yourself so hard <laughs> and be overwhelming yourself and be ignoring everything. You're going to stop, Nick, and you're going to do nothing, and you are therefore going to allow this emotion to come up and be released. Absolutely. And, like, yeah, I totally relate with you. <laughs> yeah, you, mm-hmm. the, it, the universe does. It's like when you're not listening and you keep pushing, like, it, the universe will give you something to make you realise that you need to calm down and you need to actually bring the balance into your life and just whatever it is that's going through in your life, just free it and then you can be able to move forward in a more calm and balanced kind of manner. That's that's what I kind of found. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's a difficult process and it's I think the reason that people ignore it is because it's so hard and you've got to really take responsibility for doing the work. Hmm like now that I've done it and you'll know now that you've done it, that what's on the other side is more than worth fighting for. I see it as a blessing. Like if it didn't happen, like I wouldn't be the person I am today and we wouldn't be the strong people that we are today that we can now, we're not, we're not afraid to be vulnerable and share those experiences that, so that can help other people as well. Yeah, exactly. So Mazi, you know, you, you went through these horrific experiences, you know, like with your eye, you know, what happened to you? What, what happened next? So I was doing this, the the deep work, and really where I found my breakthroughs, yes, I was doing the work as my counsellor. I was also, at the same time, putting into practice the positive psychology tools that I'd been teaching for so long. Now, I'd been a textbook teacher. I'd been telling everyone about the science and about how brilliant it was and how everybody should do it. But I wasn't leading from the heart and with presence and with authenticity and real life experience because mm-hmm. at that time I hadn't had any. So the way that I started to teach and lead my events and coach the women that I work with completely shifted because I had this new depth of understanding that I could help a woman find her strength when she can't see it in herself yet. So the work that I started to really push forwards with became so much more purposeful and so much more powerful as well. And Mm. after I split up with my partner, which was on Christmas Day in 2014, I made a decision that I was going to leave the UK. Now... I, like, I'm not one for rash decisions, so I decided I was going to wait for three months and then decide where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to move to Los Angeles, but it was seemed like a big leap. 
from Newcastle to LA. <laughs> um, so I decided instead to go to Australia for three months to write my first book. Right. And I stayed with my friend Helen, who lived there, who, who was actually from Newcastle as well, and she'd been there for eight or nine years at the time. So I went over there and I started writing this book. And I was there intending to be there for three months and I never went home. So this is now more than two years later and I'm still on the road. I've moved to Los Angeles, but I travel a lot with the business mm-hmm. and I've completely transformed the way that I live based on what I have to give now. Mm. So I took my coaching business online and location independent and during the first three months of launching that business, we broke six figures wow. and we've then gone on to develop the, the business past seven figures. So it's been a hugely successful enterprise that I'm very, very grateful that I've been able to actually lead because one of the best things for me is to be able to wake up in the morning, help people and be yourself. Mm. Just literally show up to this interview and be nothing other than myself. It's a real blessing that we have to be entrepreneurs and to be able to do this. Absolutely. And like my dear, your journey itself, like it's just so powerful. The fact that, you know, where you were a few years ago and where you are now, it just shows, you know, guys out there that you can achieve whatever it is that your heart desires. Like if they have like, even if it's a small goal or it's a massive goal, you can get there. It's just trusting in yourself and trusting in the process. Absolutely. And so, Madea, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, you're obviously now you're a global success coach and a positive psychologist. So how are you helping people? So I help people through coaching programs, through live events that I speak at, and then also through the book. So the business has a variety of different ways that I actually work with women. And the intention and the results that I help them create is I help them to live with more joy to live with more personal power and to create unstoppable success within themselves and their businesses. So that might mean making more money. Like we have fantastic results with clients. One of my clients just had a $62,000 a month, which is amazing. We have fantastic results with women who want to come into a program to build their confidence or to shift their money mindset, for example. So everything that I do is mindset related. So it brings in the positive psychology, it brings in the tools that have worked for me, but it also um, touches on the the business strategy as well. So I do a lot of coaching around marketing, um, sales, those type of things. And whilst they seem like they're two vastly different arenas, the two fit together perfectly. Mm. And for a woman to become empowered, I really see that entrepreneurship is a vehicle that can help her achieve that through doing something that she's passionate about, finding something that she loves and making it her own and seeing that thing grow, seeing that thing grow from nothing, from an idea or even from something that she thinks she can't do and then really go on to grow it and to to, to be happy along the journey as well. Because for me, if these women that I work with and I've helped more than 5,000 women through my programs in the past two years already. Um, For those women to not be enjoying the journey and to get to 65 and be looking at retirement and to look back on their life and say, I've got the money, Mm. but I hated every step of the way. Like Mm. that is not my job done. My job is to help them create the success, but also help them find the success within themselves so that they feel fulfilled as well. 
I love that. Oh, <laughs> it's so true though. You're right. Like a business, like like myself, like a few years ago, I didn't have a business, and when I started it. It, it does it gives you your power it gives you it makes you realize how powerful you actually are even as a woman and that you can do anything like you may have to wear so many hats in the beginning however the journey itself kind of almost like pushes you into a direction where you believe in yourself more than you probably ever did before mm, this is true really really true because you you kind of understand when you go through something that's challenging, whether it is something in a business or it's something traumatic in your life, it gives you that benchmark and that baseline to say, well, I've been through this thing that was hard. Therefore, everything else that follows on from here, I'm going to be able to deal with. Yeah. And I think when you have a boss, like it's kind of different because it's you're, al- you're always thinking about what they're thinking about you. Whereas mm-hmm. when it's your own business, you're kind of like, well, if this didn't work out, it's fine, right? what's the what's the strategy that I need to get over it yeah definitely and I see this coming up a lot with women with social media so there's a lot of fear around being judged and everything stems back to confidence and Mm self-esteem whether it's something to do with a business or something to do with a like a breakthrough it comes down to your spiritual like power and how you are actually able to show up in our world and through opportunities like getting out there on social media or doing your first Facebook Live, <laughs> they're things that can give a woman so much confidence and power that she didn't have before because mm. there's such a stigma attached to doing stuff like that, like nobody's going to watch it or I'm not good enough to do it. <laughs> and it's these limited beliefs that come up in all areas of our lives that are almost you're forced to face as an entrepreneur because if you don't face them, then you're never going to be successful in your business. That is so true. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you do get like Facebook trolls, like I had one last year, <laughs> um, you, you learn that it's not about you. You're not the person that's got the issue. The other person has clearly seen something that you have and never a bit scared of it. And it's usually women <laughs> mm-hmm. trolling other women. Mm-hmm. Like that was actually my biggest, like it was a big hurdle for me last year. It was like, it was like this time last year, actually. And like, it was something that I talked about spiritually and I'd always wanted to talk more about the spiritual side and like kind of more about my story and stuff. And I talked about something like why we get certain health problems and certain people didn't like what I said. And it was a bit of a shock to me. However, after it happened, I kind of just thought, whatever, they're just not for the right people that what I'm trying to share the information to. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It's always good to polarize your audience as well, because then you create a loyal tribe of raving fans and the people that don't like what you do there's someone else that they can go and follow to get their information and their wisdom from instead like you see that when somebody acts out Marianne Williamson actually has an amazing quote that I really love and I've put this into my book somewhere um it's that every act of every communication that someone makes is either an act of love or a cry for help Hmm. so if somebody's trolling someone else it's actually a cry for help because it's a projection of a fear that they feel about themselves rather than anything that they actually think about you absolutely that that that's actually so true I've never heard of that quote actually before thank you for sharing that um yeah that that's actually what happened is that I realized the the fear was within herself there was something that was raising up to the surface that she needed to clear however I kind of almost activated it within her yeah yeah it Interesting. Was, yeah, it was really like powerful when I look back at it now. <laughs> um, yeah, 
it I think as women as well we kind of like you said we have this fear of like being judged and I think once you go you go over like this kind of like if you go into this kind of like situation you kind of come out from a positive side and realize that you know what you're more powerful than that and like words just mean like you know you have that saying like words can either hurt you or break you but it's down it depends on you whether you're going to allow it to affect you or you're going to allow yourself to grow your business even further yeah that's true and I think that the first time that it happens it naturally does sting and it's difficult for you but once that's happened once you know how to weather the storm and you know how to keep yourself in that positive space and keep on moving forwards and growing absolutely oh I wanted to ask you about your new book actually now is your chance can you tell us more about it of course (laughs) so this has been a big big project we were actually just talking about it before um we got into the conversation today so now is your chance is my first book and it's a 30-day guide to living your happiest life using positive psychology and it brings together really my professional expertise as a positive psychologist with my personal experience as well as my experience in business and it draws together the science to meet the spirit and gives the reader like a real life roadmap to creating a thriving life in 30 days or less so what's always important for me is to equip people with tools that they can use practically Mm. there's a lot of books that I've read that have been fantastic and I've loved them and then I've closed them and I've forgotten what was in them. Yeah. Because that, that hasn't been anything like you learn through doing. Yeah. So I want the people that are reading my book, the reader, to grow through actually doing these activities in their daily life. Mm-hmm. So the book is published with Hay House um, oh. and it comes out on October the 24th. It's available for pre-order now at nickpigeon.com forward slash book. And I'm actually donating all of the proceeds from pre-orders to the United Nations Women. Oh. So. I'm an ambassador for their End Violence to Women campaign and a supporting partner for United Nations Women. And for me, that has been the most aligned thing that I've ever done in my life because through what I've experienced, I know how much women need the help and there's a huge inequality between the genders and there's work that we need to do, not just work that women need to do, but work that guys need to do as well to bring that divide closer together. Mm. One in three women have experienced some sort of physical, domestic or sexual violence. Mm. So that's like if three of us went out to dinner and that's one of us sat at the dinner table and those statistics are shocking, but they're not heard enough. Mm. People think that when they see me having been raped that it's out of the ordinary. It's really not. Mm. The, The sad thing is, is that it's actually normal and people don't want to have the conversation but they really need to be having the conversation I will put a post on Facebook that mentions the word rape and I'll probably lose between five and 20 friends and followers really because people feel yeah people feel awkward around it like people feel like a little bit weird and they don't want to talk about it and it brings up something inside of themselves that doesn't make them feel strong anymore so the mm. more that leaders can actually speak about the the social issue that's going on, the more that we can make it known that this is normal and then we can do something about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really surprised by that because I, the way I see it is that sharing your story is so powerful, especially like rape or like even like mind health problems. It's so powerful when you share the story. So I've usually seen actually positive successes where people actually you know, are more able to express themselves. So it's interesting hearing what you said, that people, like, kind of unfollow you, which is, it just really surprises me, yeah. 
Mm. It is surprising, but it is the way of the world. And at the same time, whilst I have those people that unfollow me, mm. I also have a huge tribe of people that follow me because they believe in the cause. Yeah. And every week I get messages that say, thank you, Nick, for speaking up about this. This has happened to me or this has happened to my daughter or um, I was molested by my grandfather when I was younger growing up. Aww. So it's something that I know it's, it's scary as well, girls. It's not like it's not like it's been easy for me to start to speak out about this thing because Absolutely. I like I did a big article with Marie Claire in May. And for that interview, we I got questioned and quizzed on things that I'd never even talked to my counsellor about. And I had this breakdown. I was in Johannesburg at the time filming some TV. And I had this breakdown where I just felt so unsure of myself and, like, everything was crumbling on the inside. And one of my, my TV co-hosts, Spencer, came into my hotel room, gave me a hug, and he was like, Nick, get in the bath, like, chill out, cancel the rest of your sessions for tonight cancel the journalist you don't need to finish the interview right now yeah. take a few days and see how you feel then come back to it and like I'm a psychologist and I was I had to coach myself through that process and it took me about 90 minutes of sitting in the bath thinking to myself what are my family going to think when this double page article comes out and goes out to 6.2 million people mm. how am I ever going to get a boyfriend my business is going to fail all of these fears came up out of nowhere and it was terrifying. Mm. So the people that are out there and are speaking up about things that have been difficult for them, yeah. never underestimate what it's actually taken that person to get on stage and actually talk about that thing. Absolutely, yeah. You're right. It's so true. No, just because like on the outside, like everyone looks happy, like you know, like they'll see your positive self, doesn't that they don't know how what you went through, like the hurdles and stuff to get to that point. It's so true. Okay. Wow. My dear, we are coming towards the end of the show. I can't believe it. It's gone so fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got two last questions for you. Um, the first one is, what's your five top tips for someone who is holding themselves back at the moment? First of all, I would say work out what it is that's limiting you. So ask yourself honest questions around what it is that you're scared of. And once you actually identify the fear, you can name it, claim it, and choose to move through it. Um understand that you are in a process so we mm. can take a growth mindset about anything that happens to us and start to see the silver lining and see the value in it rather than only seeing the negative mm. um I would say definitely find a mentor that you can work with that can support you whether that's a paid coach or mentor or someone that's in your network already that you can reach out to someone that can show you the steps along the way that can help you have those breakthroughs and you can follow in their footsteps for things that they've done well. Um, take care of your state. So this is taking care of the energy and having responsibility for the energy that you show up with. And that might mean taking care of yourself more in terms of your self-care. It might mean exercising and working out more, but understanding that you can control the way that you feel. Mm. And then number five has to be get grateful. So... <laughs> One of the lines from my book is, when you don't know what to do, do gratitude. Mm. So it's something that in a really difficult, challenging time, you can sink into gratitude, write out a page of gratitudes in your notebook and feel an immediate elevation and shift. Yeah. At the same time, you can do it when something amazing's happened to ground you back into the experience and help you understand just how much you already have. I love those five top tips. 
Oh, <laughs> and funny enough, my last question was, so what are you most grateful for? <laughs> no way, was it? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, I'd say I am most grateful for, I'm definitely grateful for like my awareness, my opportunities and things. Mm. But one thing I'm really grateful for is the friends that I have in my life. Mm. So I have really, really strong relationships like all around the world. Mm. And I know that through conscious collaboration, just like we're doing here, through conscious collaboration, we can be, do, create and have so much more. And it's Mm. those relationships that I'm so grateful for every single day. Oh, (laughs) you make me want to cry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Wow. Oh, last question is, where can my listeners find you? So I'm online at nickpigeon.com and it's spelled N-I-Y-C-P-I-D-G-E-O-N.com. And the book's also on there. So it's available online on pre-order and there's a free program that you get with that as well. Facebook and Instagram, Nick Pigeon, um, and also on LinkedIn as well. Bless you. Nick, it's been amazing to have you on the show. And just, you know, I just wanted to say you, you're just such a powerful soul and thank you for sharing everything and just being you because we definitely need more people like yourself in this world who are just just are just open to sharing their stories and just like showing that it is possible to transform and follow your dreams. Absolutely. Thank you for creating this space and holding the space for us to, to come on and share with you. My pleasure. I really appreciate being here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what an amazing interview with Nick. Guys, do definitely check out her website because she's just so amazing at what she does. She's just She has such a beautiful soul and I know that she'll be able to help you. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Don't forget that you can find me on Twitter at IamGurds. That's, that's I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S. And you can find me on uh, Facebook at Get Inspired with Gerds, where I bring you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes and tips about life. This week, I want to leave you with this quote. Probably the biggest insight is that happiness is not just a place, but also a process. Happiness is an ongoing process of fresh challenges, and it takes the right attitudes and activities to continue to be happy. That's a quote by Ed Diner. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye.